What an awesome word. Amen? Wow. So good. Yes, today we're going to take communion on this Easter Sunday. Host, you can go ahead and, and serve everyone their elements. I brought my old Bible with me today. It doesn't come out very much because the pages are falling out. But I wanted to read out of it today. If you have your Bible, you can turn with me or in your phone, look, get your Bible app out. I'm going to read Isaiah 53. But today we're going to remember the way Jesus told us to remember. You know, it's an anniversary that we're celebrating. It's the remembrance of the resurrection. But just a few days ago, it was the end of Passover, right? And Jesus was sharing his last meal with his disciples before he went, was arrested. And so he was using that meal to teach them about what we, serve, what we do as communion. So that's what we're doing today. We're remembering what he told us to remember concerning the body and the blood. But I want you to read, if you, want, if you turn to it, I'm going to read it out loud to you, um, out of Isaiah. You know, Isaiah was an Old Testament prophet. And years ago, Pastor John, if you don't know who Pastor John was, he was our pastor and he would minister here. And he said something that just clicked in me. And he said, you know, you got to remember who the person who's speaking was speaking to. I don't know if you all were in that service or not. Isaiah was speaking to Israel. He was speaking to the people of God in Israel. So some of what he's saying we have to remember is to them. But the meat of what I'm saying today, and I'm reading out of today, was his prophetic foretelling of what was going to happen when the Messiah came and what he was going to do and what he was going to suffer for our behalf. So if you have, your, have it open there, I'm going to read, start in Isaiah 52, uh, 53, verse 2. Now some of this may not resonate with you. Some of it may, you maybe don't get it, but I'm going to read the, the most important part, okay? So in verse 2, he's talking about Jesus, and he says, For the servant of God grew up before him, before God, like a tender plant, and like a root out of dry ground. He had no form or comeliness. He wasn't royal. I'm, I'm reading the Amplified, so I'm going to amplify this for you, because it's my favorite one. He said he was not royal or kingly or pomp, that we should look at him, and no beauty that we should desire him. He's talking about Jesus' appearance. And he was despised and rejected and forsaken by men. He was a man of sorrows and pains and acquainted with grief and sickness, and like one from whom men hid their faces. He was despised. And we did not appreciate his worth or have any esteem for him. He's referring to when Jesus was on the earth, right? And then he says this in verse 4. Surely he has borne our griefs, our sicknesses, our weaknesses, and distresses. He carried our sorrows and pain, our pain of punishment. Yet we ignorantly considered him stricken, smitten, and afflicted by God, as if with leprosy. He's saying that people looked upon him like he's, he was just cursed by God. They didn't understand what was going on. 
But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our guilt and iniquities. The chastisement, and in parentheses it says, that was needful to obtain peace. The chastisement, the punishment that was needed for him to attain peace and well-being for us was upon him. And with the stripes that wounded him, we are healed and made whole. All we like sheep have gone astray, and we have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord has made to, made, and the Lord has made to light upon him the guilt and iniquity of us all. He was oppressed, yet when he was afflicted, he was submissive and opened not his mouth, like a lamb that is led to the slaughter. Now they just went through Passover, right? They had to find a perfect lamb without blemish, without spot, and sacrifice it and eat it before they left Egypt. So this is what he was saying to them. Like that lamb, he was led to the slaughter. And as a sheep before her shearers is dumb, so he opened not his mouth. Now I'm going to skip over here because like I said, some of this is, is not what I want to talk about right now. But go to verse 10 because this is, this is what I want us to think about today. Yet it was the will of the Lord... It was pleasing to the Lord, God the Father, to bruise him. He put him to grief, and he made him sick. And when you and he make him life, made his life an offering for sin, he was raised from the dead. He will be raised from dead in time to come. He shall see his offspring. And the will and pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. It pleased the Father to bruise him. One translation says he looked away. Or one other verse says he looked away. You know, when it says that Jesus cried out, Father, why have you forsaken me? God turned his back on Jesus. Because the sin of everyone that was and was to come was on him, and God will not look at sin. And he turned his back on Jesus because of the weight of the sin that was on him. Our sin. You know, we talk about the Romans sent him to the cross. No, I sent him to the cross. He went for me. But my sin and your sin sent him to the cross. So today... I want us to remember those things. I want us to remember that he made the choice in the garden when he said, Father, if there's any way this cup can pass from me, but not my will, yours, Lord, yours, Father. And he made that choice to continue in the horror that he went through. Went to hell on my behalf, but then on my behalf, the stone was rolled away. The seal was broken to keep anyone from stealing his body. The seal was broken. The stone was moved. And he came out of that grave alive. Amen? So let's take our elements this morning. This wafer represents his body. Like my husband said earlier, it says in some verses how 
He was unrecognizable. He was not only slapped, he was punched by every Pharisee and Sadducee in the place. They carried him around by his beard. The crown of thorns that was on his head, the thorns were about two inches long. And they went into his brain, into his skull. They penetrated the bone. We can't even fathom that. I mean, I'm telling you that. And we can watch the passion. But the reality of that is just a little overwhelming. But that's what this represents today. And that's what we're remembering. Let's take it together. You know, it was significant the number of stripes that when they scourged him. And if you've ever watched any of the documentaries, there's a lot of documentaries on the History Channel and the Discovery Channel about the reality of the Roman uh, scourgings. Not fun to watch, but we need to watch it. We need to understand it as best we can. But it was significant the number of stripes that he had. It was significant the blood that he shed because it was the ultimate sacrifice that would ever need to be made. And that's what this represents this morning. Father, we cannot thank you enough. We can't worship you enough. There is nothing we can say or do to express our gratitude, Lord. The best that we can do is serve you. The best that we can do is offer our lives to you. But today we celebrate. We celebrate your victory, Lord. We celebrate your victory of life over death, over hell, and over the grave. And we choose today to remember. Amen? Well, let me get back to my notes because I am so gone. Hold on a minute. Now, this is a sombering stuff. You, you got you to gotta focus on it, and then you got to get over here on the other side of it. Amen? Because the focus is not the cross. The focus is the empty tomb. Amen? That's the focus. The angel said, who are you looking for? Because he's not here. He's risen. Amen? That's our focus. Let's stay on that side.